don't think so. Boom. Now. Hi, welcome to Essential Talks. I'm your host, Jamie Russo, and we have the two lovely co-hosts, Jessica and Kimberly. Uh, today's date is September the 13th, and we're in episode two. Uh, so today we want to talk about the brainwashing, bad influence, uh, mass manipulation, uh, call it what you want or call it what you will. But today we're going to talk about the recent examples of... Um, what's going on against the freedom movement in Canada. Uh, it is important that we talk about this because business needs to be reminded uh, to research for themselves and uh, look into uh, all the different things that uh, are going on and really question it. Question it, get down to the nitty gritty and research it for yourself. This way you can make informed decisions. Um, we ask for your help to do this and not partake in the segregation and shooting uh, yourself in the foot as a business owner with this unlawful practice. Uh, so again, I will introduce the team, uh, Kimberly and Jessica. So uh, I think this part they'll edit and then I'm gonna come in with uh, the slogan. So uh, real talk, empowering solutions. So for the first uh, thing that we're going to talk about today, um, uh, recently, um, it was about a week and a half ago, I had a, um, uh, what had happened was actually is um, uh, someone had posted in our We're All Essential chat, we always keep each other informed, um, and um, someone had posted a, uh, an image of the Toronto Star, the uh, front page, and um Above the fold, it was an article talking about, um, actually, I would, to be completely honest, it wasn't even an article. It wasn't even quotations. It was literally just statements saying about how unvaccinated people deserve to die. Um, they shouldn't have hospital beds. They're getting what they're asking for, that kind of a thing. And it was um, honestly terrifying. Um, seeing it was, uh, it was just, uh, it really made your, your heart race, especially as somebody who has a, um, a firm stance against um, not necessarily vaccines in general, um, but just this particular um, this particular jab. <laughs> and so, um, so yes. Yeah, so, just wanted to open the floor to talking about that. Um, in a few minutes, here we will um, we'll play that recording. But um, just uh, so, yeah. So, what I had done was. Um, once that was put into the chat, somebody had mentioned about uh, that this is against the criminal code in terms of hate speech and that people needed to call the police and report this and have uh, and have justice served. And so I've um, I've called a non-emergency number for police before. I've done this a couple of times um, whenever we ran into a situation in our in our in our group where we didn't know how to move forward in terms of our positioning within the law. And so I I called the Toronto police. I wanted to see what was up. And so I um, first spoke with a um, I don't know, dispatch, I think it was, or somebody, it was an officer, but not a, not a very high up one. And uh, she didn't know what to do and how to handle it. And so I spoke with a, um, with an actual detective and um, 
And that's recording that um, we'll be looking at in a bit here. But again, just wanting to open up the floor to um, how both of you felt when uh, when you saw this image in our chat um, uh, on the 26th. I think what we should do is uh, show the front page of the Toronto Star at this moment. This way everybody uh, can remember uh, what it was uh, that they did and this way they can, it, it'll refresh their memory. So I believe that Toronto Star's date was August uh, the 26th of 2021. And this is uh, where the phone call that Jessica wound up uh, calling the Toronto Police Department. This is what it was about and where it's, it's headed and going to. So um, when, I, when I first saw that article, I thought it was, it was disgusting. Uh, it was basically uh, segregating and putting us into a realm or arena that we don't need to be in, in segregation it, for the start of a two-tier society. So I was pretty overwhelmed and that, that set me back. I could not believe uh, that one of our papers was literally promoting hatred to a group of people for the decisions that they were making. So, and, um, you know, making it that it was health-based and that it was okay to hate. And this should never be done for any any decisions that you make, whether it's religious decisions, uh, fashion, um, you know, uh, sexuality, gender, or anything else. Nobody should ever segregate you in any any form of the way and, and dictate any form of hatred. That's, that's how I felt when I saw it, I was disgusted. Yeah, for me, uh, I think I felt a little bit of a little bit on both sides, to be honest. Um, did I think it was irresponsible, unethical and unprofessional? A hundred percent. Was I surprised by it, though? Absolutely not. This is mainstream media. Um, it's they've been doing this on television for a while now. We need to remember it's also in print and radio, too. So I don't know the exact number, but it's been thrown out a few times. I believe the Canadian government pays the media up to $700 million annually to broadcast what they're told to. So it wasn't a big surprise to me personally. Um, I think what kind of shook me a little bit more was when I found out the reporter specializes in mental health. She's a mental health reporter. And I just didn't think that um, someone who cares about mental health um, should be incorporating the truth behind it as well and all sides of it. And that is many people can't get vaccinated because of health concerns or religious beliefs as well. And um, just the truth that being vaccinated in Canada is not mandatory and we need to stop normalizing this. And I just felt like it was so one-sided and um, even the PCR testing is unlawful, right? Under, I think it's bill S201. So I just, I feel like as a mental health reporter, it, it, it should have been summarized uh, showcasing all sides as well as the truth. Never would you see um, an article on the front page of the Toronto Star of what the unvaccinated think of the vaccinated, right? It doesn't follow the narrative. Uh, so yeah, that that those were my initial thoughts. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So um, yeah, and, and Jessica is going to get right into uh, what her thoughts are. Um, I'll let I'll let her do that, and then we're going to uh, show the video in in just a second. Uh, this way, she can express what her initial feelings were and what promoted this phone call. 
um, to get the detective uh, on the phone or or the person at the police station to uh, interact over the conversation. So go ahead, Jessica. I wanted justice to be arbitrated. I wanted um, our police to do uh, the job that we pay them for. Uh, we pay a lot in taxes towards the police. They're, pay, they're paid a handsome amount. I mean, at the same time, too, they deal with a lot of things that, like I said, as a, as a member of the public, I have no intention of becoming a police officer. I, I have even just the slightest idea of what they deal with, and I know that I couldn't handle that myself. So I do, I do have a lot of... Um, respect for them in terms of what they're up against, especially through the media and the hate that they've gotten and how difficult that does make it to, to be able to do your job on a daily basis. But at the same time too, if you're going to selectively arbitrate the law, that is a dangerous slippery slope. And so um, what prompted me to do so was seeing that an above the fold opinion piece in a, in a well-publicized paper that is viewed by hundreds of thousands, if not at this point, millions of people, um, because it was able to be posted online, was able to make such claims that were not quotations, that were, as far as I'm concerned, her, her opinion. But it couldn't, but at the same time too, stated in a way where it makes it sound as if this is the feelings of the general public. It's a misrepresentation of, of, the, of societal feelings and it is a promoter of hatred. And I, I, especially once I saw the criminal code for that, I was like, well, this is, this is unacceptable. And so um, I had already called the newspaper and um, they, they uh, um, conveniently um, don't have anyone you can physically talk to. Um, it was a, a voicemail, um, which I'm, I'm sure that they, they listen to all the time and, and make sure to keep on top of. Um, and so I, um, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to call somebody. I want to know how this is actually allowed. And if it's not allowed, what they're actually going to do about this. Because if they're able to do this now, what are they going to be able to do in the future? This is, again, a slippery slope. We all know where this heads. We've seen this before historically. So let's be honest here. So, um, so yeah, so I, I called them. And uh, I spoke with a lady first. And uh, I tried to explain to her that... Um, why this was not allowed, why this was against the criminal code. And she, she kind of pushed back a bit, um, but I had some, some very well-worded stances for her. And so um, she didn't know how to answer that or how to get around that. And so she uh, put me on hold a few times, speaking to uh, who was, turns out to be the detective that I actually got the recording of. Um, and um, during that time period, I was in, again, total communication with the Royal Central Chat. They were able to provide me with the, uh, the author of the article, which again, I, I do apologize, I don't have that on hand, um, easy enough to look up, but um, they were with me the whole time and somebody was just like, are you recording this? And I said, I didn't think so. And I didn't think to do it. So I quickly got out my laptop and threw it on record. So um, we'll probably cut out the uh, the beginning first. I think it's like five minutes of weeping on hold music. Um, but then um, so ensues uh, my conversation with the, off with the officer. And so, um, so yes, we'll, We'll play that clip right now, and um, I'll give you my, my thoughts on it afterwards. Okay, so the, we're, we're about to play the, the clip of uh, Jessica and, um, you know, discussing the matter of the front page of the Toronto Star with the officer. So here is the clip, and uh, enjoy. Okay, wow, that was a great clip. Um, 
you know, uh, you, you can clearly see that and hear, uh, actually, you could hear uh, that Jessica is very well versed in, in what she was talking about. Um, and she was asking all the right questions and she took the officer in a very good direction, uh, just asking for answers and how this could be done, uh, seeing how that you couldn't do this for any other issue. Uh, if they did a front page article on religious or ethics, um, background, gender, or anything else, the paper would have been scrutinized for it. And uh, you can clearly see and hear what went on. But Jessica, give us a, a little walkthrough of uh, what you were thinking and how you were feeling uh, going through that phone call conversation and uh, just a little detailed bit by bit for us. So, yeah, so as you could tell by the... Uh by the clip there, I was um, I was pretty rattled. I was pretty upset. Um, I really called without prepping myself. Um, I just was uh, so incisive that I just was I just got right on the phone with them. And so, um, but you can see the runaround that he tried to give me. Um, he kept trying to use circular reasoning with me, um, which um, is as you can see, it it really it made no sense. Um, the points that he was trying to make about um, unvaccinated people not being a, an identified an, uh, an identifiable group when it's clearly being identified as a group it honestly the logic was just not there and that's why you could hear in my voice i was becoming absolutely exasperated i really was was going to the point of frustration where i could barely i, I almost couldn't speak i was just so um i, I was basically flabbergasted that he would actually try to almost gaslight me like that in such a stupid way and so um anyways yeah he couldn't make a good point um basically wasn't providing anything of value he was just filling the air with words that really was was not meaning anything and so he kept giving really poor examples of identifiable groups and so again where i was making points about like you know if i was walking down the street how are you gonna know that i'm catholic you know like yes skin color sure um, race, yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe where I come from to an extent, if that's related to race, but you can't tell my religion. And so if that's what you're looking at is like visibly identifiable, sorry. And I mean, again, to not to make short of it, but like how many disabilities are invisible. So, and so, yeah, so really, um, what he was trying to what he was trying to get at was basically he was poorly referencing the charter so in the charter it talks about uh, identifiable groups which is basically you know race national or ethnic origin color religion sex age mental or physical disability however that's not how the charter is stated so the charter to quote it not to put you guys through this but um we all should really be knowing this. So every individual is equal before and under the law and has the right to equal protection and equal benefit of the law without discrimination and in particular without discrimination based off that list of groups. That and in particular part, that does not nullify the people before that point. And so it includes the people after that point in particular. And so that's where I had major issues with his statement because, um, again, too, those that group, those groups of people, those identifiable groups, are not the only ones that matter. An identifiable group 
is an identifiable group. And if you're going to discriminate against them, it still comes down to them as individuals and you still cannot discriminate and that's part of our charter. So as a side note, there are a number of religions that don't accept vaccinations. I mean, we can look at our Amish Mennonites, um, um, groups like that basically, where they don't take any vaccines, period. And so now you're getting into discrimination on a religious basis. And so this is where, um, the, and we'll go into this more with um, some of our more um, talks after this, um, but really, I was just basically explaining to him that this was a slippery slope because if you look back into World War II and the types of newspaper articles that were coming out of the Times against um, against identifiable groups, basically, um, for people who had, uh, had chosen a certain religion, your religion is your choice at the end of the day. And so you choose what you believe in. Now, again, you can believe in it with all your heart, but it's still a choice of yours. And so that does not so we're we're kind of looking at like choices as terms of identifiable groups you can't discriminate based off of that as well too and so this becomes a slippery slope like i mean you know um the people who ended up going to death camps it wasn't just jewish people there were people who were political dissidents um people with uh, with uh, disabilities um people of color um they were all uh, persecuted and it didn't just start with hurt them all the death camps it was a slope and it began with stuff like this. And so me trying to bring that up to him, he was really just making comments that he doesn't read the Toronto Star because of these kind of reasons. And, you know, that's all fine and dandy, but if you're gonna stick your head in the sand and try to ignore these types of things, it doesn't mean that it goes away. It just means that you're not doing anything to do anything about it until it becomes something that you can't control anymore. So, I was pretty upset with his position as an authoritative figure to be able to arbitrate justice and the law and his uh, constant uh, bucking, uh, attempting to pass the buck. And so basically saying, call the newspaper, complain, uh, blaming the federal government. And it's just like, yeah, yes, but uh, you are the arbitrator of justice here. So when are you going to arbitrate some justice? Um, and so, yeah, so as you can tell, I was at a loss of words, especially by the end of the phone call. He didn't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole, and we just kind of ended it like that. And um, really, you know, at the end of the day, um, I, I, it really just brings me back to um, – there's an Aldous Huxley quote that I really, uh, I really like, and it's basically saying that um, – the surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people that they will have a chance at maltreating someone. To be able to destroy with good conscience, to be able to behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation, this is the height of psychological luxury, the most delicious of moral treats. And so if we are giving people the um, condonement to be able to maltreat others, regardless of what it is, there will definitely be those within the public who are going to take action on that. Everybody is upset. People don't know where to direct their anger right now because the government feels like a monolithic entity that we cannot possibly penetrate and, and bring down. And so they're going to direct their hate at whoever they feel like they can. And if they're given a direction to turn that, like I said, we've seen this before, Nazi Germany, we know where this goes. So... So yeah, so now I'm going to open it up to you guys and see what you guys thought about the reporting. Um, I just want to add to that uh, because you wound up talking about the charter. So I just want to uh, jump into the Bill of Rights, uh, just read one quick second, then I'll let Kimberly jump into it and uh, 
So uh, part one of the, the Bill of Rights, it is hereby recognized and declared that in Canada there, there have existed and shall continue to exist without discrimination by reason of race, national origin, color, religion, or sex, the following human rights and fundamental freedoms, namely the right of the individual to life, liberty. So this is our liberty being infringed upon because somebody's trying to force us into doing what we uh, don't wish to do. Uh, security, this is security of the person, it says here, or the man or woman. So this is our security being breached by our government, being forced into a decision we do not want to have. And the enjoyment of property. Our body is our property. And if we want to enjoy it without a vaccine or with a vaccine, that's our, our right to do so. So when we decide not to do so and, and refuse or reject the vaccine, this is our right of the enjoyment of our property. Um, and the right to be deprived thereof except by due process of law. So whenever they're going to force something on us, and this has happened through the whole um, Reopen Ontario Act all the way across Canada, is none of this has been done due process through Parliament. Uh, so Parliament had to make a decision uh, to tell us what rights they were going to infringe upon and how long for. And that's what makes all of these acts 100% illegal. There you go, Kimberly. Tell us your opinion. How do I follow that? You guys just uh, psh, mic drop. Uh, kudos, <laughs> <laughs> kudos to Jess for uh, filming that. Um, I just found it fascinating that the officer kept saying it's going to get messy. It's going to get worse. You know, it's just it's so frustrating that he's admitting he can't really do anything about it. And I was going to touch on. Uh, what Jessica already did, and that is the choice thing. You know, he was saying, well, it's your choice that you're um, declining the vaccination. But when you look at the identifiable group or designated group, a lot of those things are choices. I love my LGBTQ community, but one of those things is sexual orientation and gender identity, right? They're choosing to identify themselves a certain way. They're choosing their expression of sexual um, orientation. So this is our choice um, for medical freedom. And um, it's an expression of our medical choice too. So I just feel like this needs to be um, a designated group ASAP. And I don't know how to get there or what the process is, but it, it just, we really need to see how serious this is. If you um, sub in the word Black, Asian, or Indian for the word unvaccinated, it becomes a whole uh, can of worms and uh, complete racist comment, right? Oh, I can't, um, I won't have Blacks enter my studio. I can't have Asians enter my studio. Do you know how racist that sounds, right? So we are, um, yeah, it, it, it's scary and it's messy and um, it's becoming a racist thing and it's very divisive and uh, I, I don't consent and none of us do to the segregation. And um, yeah, it, it's disgusting. So yeah. it's, it's almost like a prelude that they're doing to um, normalize the uh, common 
public or society or uh, our fellow men and women. They're trying to normalize the segregation about um, about what is going to happen. And this is where it gets really scary, like you said. And even the officer on the phone was, it was almost like he was saying there's nothing he can do about it because he knows it's going to get worse and going to get more messy. And it's almost like, as I said, a prelude to what's about to happen. And this is where it gets kind of sad because us as business owners, we see uh, just how bad this can actually get. Now, myself, I'm not going to be segregating anybody. I don't care whether you have a passport, whether you have the vax, whether you don't have the vax. Our conversation is not about you shouldn't get the vax. It's not about whether you should get the vax. It's about you should have the freedom of choice to decide whether the vaccine is, is um, good for you or not. Uh, whether I choose not to take it or I choose to take it is really nobody's business nor their concern. And all of those that wind up saying, you know, they've done immunization records ever since we were a kid. Well, my immunization record never stopped me from going to the corner store, never stopped me from going to school, never stopped me from buying food, never stopped me from going to a restaurant, never stopped me from going to the movies. So when you say this is the same, no, it is not. Not even close. When they're denying you access to anything because of your immunization record or your passport. It's called discrimination and segregation, period. You cannot disguise it as anything else. Let's call it what it is. And this is where us business owners need to pool together and say, no, we will not enforce this passport. This is absolutely ludicrous. It's ridiculous. And it goes against all of our fundamental unalienable rights that we were born with the government didn't give us the rights. These documents didn't give us the rights. These are rights we're born with, and this is how we have to proceed. Okay, so um, I think we kind of wrap that talk, topic up. And that, that was a actually really good discussion. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, that recording. Uh, it was amazing how Jessica just just took, took hold and, you know, uh, made that phone call and helped educate a bunch of us sharing that video. That takes a lot of courage to be able to phone somebody and tell them what you believe is going on and trying to put the record straight. So if anything, we're able to utilize it here with everybody here uh, in order for them to uh, get a, a broader picture of things that are happening. So another prime example of recent uh, events, let's talk about some of the protests that are going on. So uh, the media has been um, running rampant as they have been since the beginning with all the protests, painting a negative light, calling everybody anti-maskers as opposed to what the actual name is, just being human. Um, so <laughs> anti-masker, I always found that to be a ridiculous thing, whether you're in a mask, you're out of a mask, whether you're vaccinated, uh, unvaccinated, doesn't matter, it's freedom of choice. So the media has always had a really good twist and spin on any of the protests, um, especially the ones that are going on now. Uh, I'm not overly familiar with all of the media events because I don't typically like to watch the media as they twist things, but I do see a lot of the behind the scenes as the average everyday uh, Jane and Joe are making uh, Facebook lives and Instagram lives and all of that stuff. So you're actually seeing what the full protests are 
and what they're all about. And that's that's what I really like to uh, watch myself as the media does spin things. And uh, right now, the biggest protests are the passports and us helping our fellow nurse uh, and medical community, doctors, uh, all of our healthcare workers, and now our police departments are under threat, uh, fire departments, all of them. So this is where we really have to pool together, get into these protests, uh, show them that we support them, and try and back them any way we can. And as small business owners, uh, we can back them as well by refusing to enforce these passports. So let's look at a couple of the footages we have um, of some of the protests. And the biggest one, I believe, for the nurses was in Vancouver. And so let's look at some of the footages for that. Okay, so now you can clearly see uh, a couple of different, um, I guess, viewpoints of these protests. So I've been to a few myself uh, throughout the, you know, throughout this whole craziness we've been going through. And I've always found that some of the ones I've been at and then what the media has said are two different things. I remember one of the ones in Barrie, they said that we had a few hundred people when there was over a thousand, you know, so and, and they wind up saying it was uh, anti-Trudeau and, and anti-maskers. And this is going back to March where it was uh, a totally different scene, but this is what they're trying to paint. So um, I'll let you ladies talk about uh, some of these protests, uh, if you've been involved in them, uh, if you haven't, and uh, what's going on in, in your areas for any of the protests. I know in Barrie here, we did have a fairly good gathering at our Royal Victoria Hospital. Uh, the PPC party was there, one of the guys from, I believe, the Midland area. And he took a little bit of slack and heat for it because they were saying it was a political stunt when he was there uh, to support the nurses. And he didn't even organize it, but they they painted it through the, the paper and some of the publications here that he organized it. And it was all for political. And because a lot of the nurses didn't come out, but a lot of nurses aren't going to come out because they're not going to abandon their posts and leave the sick ones in the hospital unattended. So, and we, we have to give them kudos for that. They want to stand up. They want to stand on the sidewalks with us. They want to be protesting, but they also are in a job where they want to care and help people heal more so than anything. So I've, I know personally some of the slack back that's come back just from our hospital here in Barrie alone. So um, I'll let you take it away, Kimberly. Yeah, I've um, I've attended a couple uh, rallies. Um, can't say I, I'm big for those, though. I have my own issues with them. But um, I watched a bit of the footage. I saw, I think, the Van couple Vancouver footages and uh, Montreal. I saw the Canadian frontline nurses walking around the Montreal hospital. And then I saw the footage uh, downtown Montreal. And I got to say, that footage gave me chill bumps because the first thing that came to my mind is there is no way in hell the percentages of vaccinations are as high as they say they are just by watching Montreal alone. You can imagine what's happening in all the other cities um, around Canada, but we all know the media spins it. Uh, they always downplay it, you know, say that there's maybe a third of people in attendance uh, even though it's a peaceful rally that's bringing people together, they're, they're, always, they're always saying something negative about it. Um, I do have a quote here from the Canadian frontline nurses. I'm not sure how bad the media coverage was because 
Um, I only have so much energy of my day and I refuse to watch the media. Um, but they did say, uh, contrary to all propaganda and lies from the media, our national rally, My Body, My Choice, was a major success in many cities across the country. We had police to help us ensure everything went smoothly and had an amazing turnout. People felt empowered. So I wanted to share that because I think um, these nurses are doing an amazing thing and they're so inspiring and they did encourage obviously nobody to leave their shift, but they were even showing nurses um, coming out on the street during their break in literally in uniform to try and participate, at least in Montreal. So I was inspired by watching it all. And uh, I don't watch the media or the news though, because I don't want to hear that negative BS. Um, so um, my, uh, I, I saw a lot of the footage from those things and uh, honestly, again, massively empowering. Um, I agree. I do wonder about the numbers. I mean, like, you know, even if, um, even if the numbers were that high, how many people are going to be lining up for, you know, every six months, every three months, every who knows how many months to get their next jab? I mean, Israel's already talking about a fourth jab. So <laughs> when does it stop? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so standing up now and putting uh, your feet firm in the sand and making sure that you can, uh, if you're feeling alone, there's nothing more empowering than going out to a protest. I got to tell you, um, it really makes you remember and really see visually that there you are not alone, that there's so many people out there that are feeling the exact same way as you and are potentially even more inflamed than you are. So if you're feeling like really restless, hopeless, listless, honestly, any of those things, it really, it really does um, the mind, the soul and the body good to go out to those things and, and really, uh, and really immerse yourselves in, um, in, in the actual feeling of the public. And speaking of the actual feeling of the public, my favorite videos have been the anti-Trudeau videos, uh, <laughs> where he's been going around the rallies and getting some hate. Um, uh, fantastic, honestly, uh, watching his bus get stopped, um, uh, getting him, seeing him heckled by the crowd, um, getting some very, very well-placed questions thrown at him about him, uh, you know, basically, um, as I was saying earlier before we started, a Chicom agent, um, allegedly, allegedly. Um, and so, uh, in all honesty, um, I think that that's well-deserved. He, um, he's really had it coming for a very long time. And no matter how the media likes to paint him as a darling, I mean, when he's handing out uh, paycheck after paycheck, you know, they'll say whatever they need to say in order to keep him happy and the money flowing. So, um, but what's also been interesting is seeing them in coming to light um, that people going around canvassing, um, wanting to canvass for the liberals. And now they're really seeing that maybe they aren't as liked as what the, the media is trying to say they are. And that uh, they're trying to, distance themselves a little bit, but you can't distance yourself from your party leader. So maybe it's time to uh, to wake up and see that um, there is a large number of the population that is not on that side anymore. And um, driving around and seeing some a lot of love for the PPC. Now, you might not be the biggest Max Bernier fan, and that's fine. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, um, they, are, they are pushing some things that not, none of the other parties are. Um, like not having a vaccination passport. I mean, we just heard O'Toole coming out saying that he promises to have one. And as a conservative conservative leader, I mean, like, 
you know, this is this is dangerous territory when we're finding that um, three quarters of the political parties that we have to choose from are aligning themselves almost uh, um, just completely the same. And um, you really do wonder how much choice we do have in our elected system. So. So that was my my favorite uh, videos, um, protest videos that have been coming out lately. I really do like that. I love the I love that the people are going out there, making their voices heard, that are saying things to him that um, he actually he was supposed to come and show himself in Cambridge. Uh, we live close by there, and my husband is going to going to go out there and give him a good uh, a good run for his money. Um, but he canceled it, and it was uh, apparently due to the amount of hate that he's been getting. That there's been some. Uh, concerns for his safety um which again you know given this given uh, what he's been pushing i mean no surprises there um but um but yeah and uh it was canceled and so um hopefully he's starting to realize that the that the the love that the media is saying really ain't pouring out that much and so so yeah so those are my those are my favorite uh, takeaways um from our protest videos lately Yeah, and a, a lot of these protests, um, we're starting to really see them amplify. A, a lot of places, kind of the numbers did dwindle, but now they're coming back really strong. Um, I myself knew, and, and I've been kind of waiting for this point, for the vaccine passport. And um, I mean, many of you are going to question what I just said. Why would I be waiting for the vaccine passport? So the, the answer is, is very clear, because it's going to unify us. And I already knew it was. It doesn't matter whether you you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, you get a vaccine, you don't get a vaccine. Uh, even the vaccinated people and the mask uh, people are realizing where we are headed now. And it's finally, they're starting to see the light, starting to see the direction in which our free country is going in, and starting to realize that when somebody starts making your medical choices for you, you are not really free, not at all, not even close. So this is the one thing that I've been waiting for for that reason, knowing we'd unify. So when you think about what I just said just now, uh, for the first time, the police protest, they protested uh, against the vaccine in downtown Toronto. And for the first time, protesters stood beside the police to support them, knowing that several months ago, those same police officers were arresting them for protesting. So think about that for a minute. The protesters didn't care. They let that go because we see the importance of us all coming together and unify over um, such such an important event uh, that's taken place and making sure that none of this is applied to any of us. Uh, so, yeah, um, as I said, I've been waiting for this, and it's we're seeing it. We're actually seeing it. Everyone's coming together, and everyone's about to fight pretty hard uh, to get rid of this. And again, with Justin Trudeau uh, and his his whole rally, it doesn't seem to be going very well for him. Um, you know, a lot of the things that we're witnessing, especially with the media, is a bunch of word sorcery. Uh, a lot of what they're telling us are lies. And that's what everyone has to kind of come together and realize. We need to start having conversations with our brothers, sisters, mothers, daughters, sons, uh, grandparents, and the conversations need to be discussed about what this political agenda has been applied to us, because it's not a medical agenda. This has all been political right from the beginning. And we're seeing what the, the lies are and the numbers. So, for example, when they were giving us um, how much of the population was vaccinated, 
you know, we'd hear 70% and a lot of people were kind of getting nervous and some people were saying, oh, this is great. But what they actually said was 70% of the eligible population has been vaccinated. So when you think about that key word, eligible, what does that mean? Is 60% of the population eligible? Because if 60% of the population was eligible and 70% of that 60% were vaccinated, that's only 30%. Now we're in the middle of an experiment. So we know 30 to 35% is placebo. So now we're down to about 30%. So this is where I'm talking about word sorcery. Really pay attention to what the media is telling you. And some of these politicians, when they're on stage, um, you know, especially when we hear uh, we're going to put being unvaccinated, we're going to put people in danger that have va had vaccine by sitting beside them on an airplane or at a restaurant or anywhere else. But we have to realize how stupid that is. They have told us that the vaccinated can catch and spread the virus. So now the unvaccinated are the enemy, but you can still catch it and spread it. So I guess we're all able to catch it and spread it. So it doesn't matter whether you have a vaccine or not. Now let's look at that vaccine as well. This is uh, common news uh, or knowledge. It won't take you much to find this, but Trudeau has signed agreements with Pfizer to purchase 30 million doses for 2022, 2023, 2024. So do you think the two shots is a full vaccine? How long do you think that's going to last? At the Toronto protests, they mentioned that every eight months, what was going to happen was your passport was going to expire and you need a booster shot. There was a leaked passport from France that had eight shots. Eight shots. So you think two and it's over? It's just starting. Okay. Um, Kimberly, I guess we can talk about uh, some of the businesses uh, that choose to take a stand against the segregation and uh, some of the contacted by MSM but they refuse to conduct any interviews. Uh, do you know anything about that? Want to talk about it? Yeah, um, there's been a few people in our network who have been contacted for either uh, print, radio, or television interviews, and um, a few of them have done it. You know, without question, they were interested in doing it. Some people think any press is good press, and uh, they went ahead and did it. I think what we're finding is most of the important parts of the interviews are being left out um, or it, it's being spun around on us, right? So we are now trying to just stick together. We're all taking a stand on this. And I think many of us um, are just hesitant to do interviews now. Um, many, many, many businesses, thousands all over. You can see uh, so many in Instagram groups and Facebook groups. Now they have them for businesses that are willing to take a stand against the segregation. Um, none of us want this and uh, we're really trying to get it 
out there on the internet uh, so people can do their own due diligence and their own research to find out the truth because the media is always spinning it. We are hesitant to do interviews sometimes, um, myself included. So I've, I've done some and they've left out the most important quotes of the interview. So yeah, it's, it's just fascinating. They do tend to spin it, but it, it's no shocker, right? And what media source would you say is the worst one out there? Um, again, I don't watch a ton of the the media. Um, I feel like they're all, <laughs> aren't they all awful at, at some points? I'm sure there's amazing ones too. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love Stu Peters personally. I think he does a great job on his show. But uh, Jessica, do you have any input on that? <laughs> Where do I start? Uh, so, yeah, I, I honestly, uh, I mean, like CBC has been given, um, I God knows how many dollars from the government. If anyone wants to look that up, it's it's in like the hundreds of millions. They're talking about another bailout for CBC. I mean, like, come on, people. If no one's watching it, stop giving them money. Like, just trying to resuscitate a, a, a dying entity is not going to make it somehow breathe again. We don't want a Frankenstein here. We want someone that actually uh, lives and talks and speaks for the people. And so um, global news also, it's, 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 it's pretty up there. CTV, I was contacted by CTV to try to do an interview. And at that time, basically what we looked at it was like, okay, if we look at the past articles that this uh, entity has created uh, based around this, have they, have they shown things in equal lighting? So what makes good media, what makes bad media? It's not necessarily that, you know, CBC is terrible in all, in all aspects, but I mean, like when we're looking for a balanced approach, we need balance. That's what you're looking for when it comes to journalism. You don't want one-sided journalism. You need to have both. And yes, I do understand that certain outlets have a an orientation towards them. But even like myself, for example, I, I have a subscription to the Epoch Times. Um, I I really like them. Honestly, I, I find that their their approach to things is a lot more balanced. You know, what people will, will say at first is, oh, isn't that a right-wing media source? And I'm like... No, I mean, like, do they have a religious standpoint? I, on, I guess on certain things, that, you know, be a little bit more oriented that way. I'm not an overtly religious person, I would say, myself. But I mean, like, it's, it's, it really comes down to their balance. And so I have seen articles that are that were pro this, like they're they I, they're not anti-vax. They're I would say leaning more towards people making a choice for themselves really at the end of the day but what happens is that when you have so many media outlets that are specifically very very narrowly on one side it makes the other ones look polar opposite when really they're sitting in the middle while most of the other ones are so far to one side that they're not taking a balanced approach anymore so when it comes to good media bad media are they taking a balanced approach um the types of uh that they they actually make within their um within their articles so i went to school for public relations you really have to look between the lines when it comes to the tone of the article you can have an article written in two different lights and it sounds like two different things but it's really the same topic and so that's where you you need to look for inflammatory language like what what direction are they trying to take you emotionally because if they're taking you for a ride it's going to be pretty obvious um and and i do find that with a lot of things nowadays that um they want your they want your viewership they want you to watch them they want your constant vigilance on their channel articles 
just outlet in general. And so because of that, they're going to do things to try to manipulate you emotionally. They're going to make you feel afraid because fear is, um, not to, to quote Dune here, but fear is the mind killer. And it's going to make you a zombie. It's going to make you uh, want to trust them. So when we look historically too, like, how many times has the government made you believe them, made you trust them, only for them to come back later and say, we were wrong, we're sorry, we made a mistake? How many times has the media lied directly to our faces? And over and over and over again, only to make a small retraction later where they say, ah, you know what, we didn't get that right. No one sees that. So what we're looking to right now is for the media to, to be a trusting source of our information, for them to never lie to us, to lead us only to good intentions. Well, path to hell was paved with good intentions. So, I mean, if we're not going to be looking at all sides of this, really taking in multiple avenues for our news sources and only taking in a very... Um, uh, siloed approach where we're only looking at one aspect of it. If you're only looking at one aspect of this, it's because you want to. I understand that this can be a frightening experience to think that your government might be not on your side, might be trying to do something that will cause you harm in the end. Um, people who are already awake to this, it's old news. We knew this from a long time ago, but people who are just waking up to this now, it is going to be a daunting experience. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts or about it, but no character growth came without sacrifice, came without hardship. Um, you really need to understand that, yes, this is going to be an upsetting experience, but you're going to come out stronger for it when you look at all sides of the information. So if you're just looking for the media to give you an honest answer, um, to be your guiding light, you're going to get led astray. And and at the end of the day, there's no one else to blame but yourself. You need to, everyone needs to do their own research and look at all sides of the stories and not just what uh, the media tries to pump into your brain. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, the, if, if the media was more balanced as you're talking about, I think a lot more business owners would have taken advantage of it. Uh, we would all started to, uh, you know, do these interviews and, and give our, our side of the story, knowing that it would have been justly told and given us a fair platform to actually express ourselves, as opposed to coming out, then painting us into a negative picture and then getting criticized and ridiculed by our fellow men and women. Uh, some of them have actually praised us, which we're all aware of because uh, we've all taken the stand, uh, but other ones, uh, they've been uh, misled down the wrong trail just through the manipulation of the media. So it would have been really nice if the media had been playing fair and uh, been reporting proper news, like us losing, um, you know, the potential of losing our, our livelihoods, our full investments, and our retirements, because this is what we're in business for, is to build that retirement for ourselves. So, uh, and a, a lot of the uh, everyday average Joe, doesn't realize what we were losing because some of them would lose a paycheck, but they were being compensated, you know, the curb a few thousand dollars a month. Uh, and a lot of the other ones that were working can even relate uh, because they didn't have their pensions threatened or any of their retirement or their uh, investments 
all threatened all at the same time, whereas we're in a different position and very unique. And it would have been nice if the media had actually reported on that to let our fellow men and women know just where we're standing and what we're actually up against and what we are about to lose or threatened to lose uh, from doing these ridiculous mandates that they have set upon us. Um, so I guess we'll uh, recap. This was a great episode. Uh, we'll recap uh, kind of what, what we went through here. Uh, the Toronto Star, which was, you know, a, a very brutal, brutal front page. I don't understand how they gotten away with that. I don't see how their phone wasn't ringing off the hook. I don't see how they weren't charged with hate crimes, um, stating things like the unvaccinated pretty much deserve to die, or if they get sick, they shouldn't be able to have health treatment, which is, again, ludicrous. I, I just, I'm beside myself to see papers posting this type of hatred right on their front page and our fellow men and women not losing their minds over it. Um, so that's, that's pretty bizarre. Uh, and protests, how they take traction, uh, how the media has been painting them bad. And I really encourage anyone to get out there, uh, join in the protests, especially this one. It is such a great cause. We're, we're standing behind our entire healthcare system, our police officers. If we watch uh, firefighters take the same stand, we all need to get out there and really support our communities because if we don't support them, who will? And they need to see that we're behind them. They're in a very scary position. Uh, they're being threatened their jobs. And if they don't take an untested vaccine, uh, that they'll lose their job. So this is where we really need to support them and, and let them know that they have a lot of us backing them. Um, yeah, and I guess we kind of, our, our last little topic there, we kind of just went back and forth over a bunch of the media and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, thank God there are some medias out there that are, are telling us the truth. You know, we have Stu Peters. Uh, there's quite a few other uh, channels out there. And when you get into them, you, you listen to them. Kevin J. Johnson has been pretty good. You know, there's quite a few sources that are actually talking about the things that no one else is talking about. They're giving you a well-balanced uh, form of journalism. Are you ever going to get a full balanced journalism? No, because uh, everybody has a bias, uh, uh, their opinion of what they believe to be going on and how they see things. And so all of us are very unique and we see the world in, uh, through different lenses. So this is what makes it beautiful. That's what creates a free country is having the ability to express yourself, see a different picture than everyone else and tell them what you see. And then the next person being able to tell you what they see and everyone just go, hmm, and get along and carry on about their day, not throw stones at each other. And this is the Canada we have to get back to. So. Um, now, do you ladies want to recap anything? Um, yeah, I just um, just to add to your your point, uh, another media source that I would say again, you know, maybe a, a bit more of a bias towards um, our kind of movement, but Rebel News, I I really um, I gotta say that um, their coverage of a lot of the protests, um, their stance on um, helping um, people with their tickets and stuff, it's been really good. They have a lot of um, things going on right now with in terms of. 
lawsuits against the government um, for unlawful tickets and their stance on the vaccine or their um, the enforcement of the vaccine. And so it's that has been fantastic. They are really they're very good for that. And so anybody who doesn't already have a, have a subscription to them or at least signed up for their news, it does help to balance your approach. So if you're just taking a mainstream, added some other things there too flavor up your water a little bit it really does help you kind of see a better a better scope on things and so uh my my last takeaway basically is just uh you question everything you see and read question it all question questions 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 you should never believe everything that you read no matter where it's from even if it's rebel news honestly i cbc any of them really do your research look up stuff read where it came from where's the source material from these stats that they're giving out are these real? Where did it come from? Again, too, anything can be manipulated. Anything can be, uh, I mean, omission is, is the media's best friend. So, I mean, you can, you can lie through so many different methods and, and make it sound, you know, in a certain way. So do your research. Uh, make sure to not uh, believe everything that you see and read. Yeah, Jess, I agree. It's like search for the truth and when you think you found it, keep searching, right? So um, just a reminder for everyone to join our network. It's an empowering movement. Um, you can find us all over the place. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. Uh, Telegram is huge. And uh, just so people don't feel so overwhelmed about it, there's uh, We Are All Essential um, network for just posting. There is the network underscore we are all essential for our community. That's where we discuss, ask questions, and communicate daily. And then there also is the SOS chat, which is SOS underscore we are all essential. That is for emergency use only. Um, our website, www.weareallessential.ca. You can um, register as a volunteer. You can register your business uh, privately as well as publicly. There's so much information on there to learn common law, um, study the Bill of Rights, the Charter of Rights, and um, just to get your training in and feeling empowered. It's lovely. We also meet twice a week on Zoom, Mondays and Wednesdays. And uh, don't underestimate the power of reaching out to one of us. Uh, we can talk to you on the phone for a few minutes. We can text back and forth, offer support to each other. I know um, one of my first conversations was with Zach when I was uh, just signing up for We Are All Essential. I had a few questions for him and he was just like, you know what? It's easier to chat. Do you mind calling me? And I've been that person for other people too. So we're just a really um, amazing supportive network that uh, has your back. So. Yeah. And I, I would like to add to the, we are all essential thing. Uh, we're all members. We're all strong members. Um, we're putting together this, this uh, podcast, uh, <coughs> excuse me, for um, everybody that is curious about what's going on, uh, the involvement that businesses had uh, how we became a part of the front line on trying to fight against this tyranny. And I would recommend any business owner uh, that's watching here to come join. You can register. You don't have to go public right away. You can feel it out, uh, see how it is for you, uh, get into the chats, uh, kind of oversee everything that's going on, uh, realize that you're in a, a group with like-minded like people. Later on, you can go public. Or if you decide it's not for you, that's okay. You can carry on. Uh, no money spent. It is a free organization to join with a lot of backing and a lot of support.
Now, that being said, we also would love any of you listeners uh, to join as well and become volunteers. We can use as many shoulders and as hands that we can possibly get. Uh, we're up against uh, quite the force, so we need as many people to join our network as possible. Business owners will help empower you, help get you open, help keep you open. Volunteers uh, to help us spread the message uh, with a lot of the protests that we do get involved with and many other things, signing up businesses, helping in your local area. I myself work with uh, many people throughout. We are all essential. Plus, I'm working with many people that are not a part of We Are Essential. Uh, so just your everyday average person that wants to do, do more uh, and business owners from all over the place. So, you know, it's, it's a great network. Get involved and you have support. So I highly encourage it. I recommend it. We do do Zoom meetings um, and they're great to get involved with. Uh, you can see people face to face you can get into the conversation you can ask the questions that are, are you know most predominant uh for you uh on deciding what you're going to do and, and what move you're going to take so uh on that note i would like to thank everybody that is watching our show uh everybody that's listening to us and uh you know we're, we're going to be doing this weekly same time every week same place you know where to find us come listen to us stay for the conversation leave empowered that's what this is all about we want a lot of people to uh, get involved with us a lot of people to hear what we're saying whether you agree with us or disagree with us keep coming back uh, this is all a part of the conversation so we look forward to uh next week's episode and you coming back and joining us thank you have a great night